How about we get into the holiday spirit? This is my Christmas wish list for Penn State football. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always. And this, I guess, is my Christmas episode here. To get into the holiday spirit, I'm putting together a wish list that I would love Penn State football to grant all of them. I'm going to get into all the things that Penn State would need to do this offseason to have the, the perfect setup for the 2023 football season. We'll talk about Utah. The Utes released a depth chart earlier this week, some of the changes that had to be made with Tavion Thomas not being available, Dalton Kincaid, Clark Phillips the third, and who their replacements are and Penn State should be worried or not. And then... I guess this would have been on a wish list if he hadn't made his decision, but we kind of already know uh, Conrad Hussey is not going to commit to Penn State. He's committed to Florida State. Just how that impacts the class of 2023. They signed 22 other verbal commits, and there's still time to add a few more. Uh, the preferred run-ons, even some guys that could sign since this is just the early signing period. So we'll talk about that in the final segment. Okay, Christmas wish list. Who should, you know, what should Penn State do uh, if they were to have the perfect setup for the offseason? And, and let's start with this. They need to get back Curtis Jacobs and Adisa Isaac. So if, if I'm going to start off any kind of wish list, it's to get those two back. The the impact that they would have on this team, the impact that they would have in the locker room because you're getting veterans back. I mean, they're still 50-50 on, the, on their NFL futures. I, I think they would obviously be drafted. They would be probably day two picks. I can't imagine unless they were superb at the combine and the pro days, which I, I know they would be. But I don't know how much of a difference that would make because Adisa Isaac had a good season to build back up. I mean, he, at one point in time when he first started at Penn State, uh, he was expected to be a first or a second round pick. The injury didn't really help anything. But now you, you saw that he got his strength back, his speed. And, and frankly, I just don't understand Curtis Jacobs' public evaluation, right? Uh no, no award watch lists. Uh, he's kind of mid-tier when when people are ranking him for the draft, which doesn't make sense to me because when somebody gets 14 tackles in a game and is pretty much the tackling leader week in and week out, uh, yeah, he's he seems middle middle of the pack, right? So if they come back, it would be very beneficial to the team. I think it would be beneficial to them and their draft statuses, but. I honestly don't blame them, but that's why it's a wish list. I wish that we they would come back for the 2023 season. It would help out the defense immensely. My second Christmas wish is for them to get two wide receivers out of the transfer portal. Not one. Penn State needs two. Okay. And if I'm going to put a, a wish for specific receivers, one, I'd go Dante Cephas out of Kent State, six foot one, 190 pounds, kind of more of that. It's that dynamic. He can be your X wide receiver type because you have a Z wide receiver already. You already have one in Keandre Lambert Smith. So you need that X since Mitchell Tinsley's moving on. Uh, or he might even, maybe he fits in the slot, but uh, he's got, he's got solid size, the Kent State wide receiver. Now, this past season in 2022, uh, ninth in the MAC conference, 744 receiving yards, three touchdowns. But it was 2021 where 
he was blazing everything. 82 receptions, 1,240 yards. This shows what quarterback play, a difference, difference in quarterback play. They had the uh, quarterback at Kent State, Crum, and he was a great dual threat quarterback, and he was able to distribute the football really, really well. They took a step back at that position, and you saw his production go down a little bit. So don't think, oh well, well he regressed. You know that's that's 500 yards fewer than a season before. No, when you have a good quarterback, Drew Aller. I can get to get you the football. There you go. So Dante Cephas makes sense. I mean, he's crystal balled to Penn State, so maybe this wish has already come true. He is this the only place that he's truly visited. He has something set up with UCLA, uh, but he hasn't really given an indication whether he's picking the Nittany Lions or somewhere else. And Georgia actually came to visit him, but Georgia did pick up two receivers in the transfer portal, one of which Penn State was targeting, Ra Ra Thomas. Besides the point, but Dante Cephas seems like an all but sure thing to Penn State. The other one's Dante Thornton. And Dante Thornton, Penn State has really missed this at the wide receiver position. And that is size, that big body. The Think the Jawan Johnson and Irvin Charles when they were there. Just that big. In case, in the case of Thornton, he's six foot five, 200 pounds. To have that six foot four plus frame at the wide receiver position to go up against uh, just sorry boundary corners would be. Uh, no pun intended, huge for Penn State. Former top 10 wide receiver out of high school. He was a Penn State verbal commit at one point in time. So Penn State's maintained the relationship with him. Now he's crystal balled right now. This is according to on three, either Auburn or Miami of Florida. It's a slight lean towards Auburn, but Miami of Florida's factored in because why not? They they got all the John Ruiz, the booster down at Miami. He's got a bunch of money to throw around. Uh, and the reason he's actually crystal balled to Auburn is because probably Ashford, is the quarterback with the Tigers and played a little bit this past season because uh, they had issues at the position. He was actually at Oregon. He was a former teammate of Dante Thornton. So that's why they're linking up again. And it seems like that, but Penn state's still involved. Uh, they've been in contact with him and setting up visits. He burned that red shirt. So he's a true sophomore. Um, he doesn't have that red shirt eligibility anymore. Um, and he was pretty limited in his two years at Oregon. He had 17 receptions this past season, but his biggest game, Biggest game came against Utah, go figure. Four catches, 151 yards in that game alone. So that would definitely be, it's a tie up on the Christmas wish list. All right, another one. Penn State returns all five starting offensive linemen. That means that Juice Scruggs and Caden Wallace come back and you have the Fab Five all together to protect Drew Aller. That's really what it's about. It's about keeping the run game consistent, having that chemistry. You will have that chemistry throughout the season now with Olu Fashionu going right into camp, right? Olu Fashionu, Hunter Norzad, Juice Scruggs, uh, Sal Wormley, and then Caden Wallace. And then you have all the depth with the, the uh, they're targeting people in the transfer portal. You have the depth that you brought in from this 2023 recruiting class. But And all the talented guys behind them, Drew Shelton got the experience. You get Nick Dawkins, for example, back from injury. J.B. Nelson got experience and showed that he can handle his own. Landon Tangwall is coming back from injury. Put Hunter Norzad at left guard and then have them split until Tangwall's 100%, right? Or if Norzad's a better player, I think they're pretty even when they're both healthy. Besides the point, but Drew Aller truly has the perfect setup with this solid offensive line and then the two incredible running backs in Singleton and Catron Allen to go along with it. Uh, let's let's stick with Drew, and this is going to be pretty simple. Uh, there's really no stats to back this up since uh, you know he was the backup this past season, but just it, it's a wish that Drew continues to develop into the quarterback he's supposed to be. I, I really saw something interesting, and this is kind of 
a little bit off topic, but he, he posted this to his social media and, and it was the, it was the development and how far drew has come since he was say a sophomore in high school and just the mechanics and the way that he was throwing the football and the hard work that he's put in. If he's going to go from that. And I know we all started somewhere different and to where we finish up with the progress, but to see Drew develop as a football player in that regard, I think that trend will continue with this college coaching staff and all the season that he does per and all the off season work that he does personally. Uh, uh, this is kind of this is a little further reaching for a wish list, but this coaching staff, I, I wish that they would stick together for a long time. This might be Penn State's best. I, I I'll go ahead and say this is this is Penn State's best collection of assess, assistants under James Franklin, Jaywan Sider, Manny Diaz, Terry Smith, Anthony Poindexter, Phil Troutline, Mike Yurcich, Ty Howell, Taylor Stubblefield. Like this is a really really good group. For the guys that are the coordinators, the position coaches, they get the best out of their players. Even graduate assistants like Deion Barnes, like the players on the defense love Deion Barnes as a defensive line assistant. So this group together right now is arguably the best that James Franklin has put together. I know that's why it's a wish. That's why it's a wish. I know that eventually they will land other opportunities somewhere else. Cider was rumored for the uh, the Florida Atlantic job, for example. Manny Diaz is going to get head coaching calls in, it, in the next offseason. That's why it's a wish. I wish that they stay together, and I hope they do. The last one, and, and it's right up on the horizon since we're almost here, Penn State blasts Utah in the Rose Bowl. That is a, a huge wish because, and, and it's not that it can't become a reality, like it's not far-fetched, obviously. Penn State's only a two-point underdog here, but they haven't won the Rose Bowl since 1995 when they beat Oregon 38-20. to They've been embarrassed by USC in the 2009 one. They blew that lead against them the second time after the 2016 season. Penn State's 1-3 in, in Rose Bowls. And, and why it's a wish is because this would be huge for the program. You're also winning the last real Rose Bowl. That's what it's being described as, is the last authentic Rose Bowl since the college football playoff is going to expand. So this is it. Why not go on on top in history? Why not right your wrongs from past Rose Bowls? And like I said, Utah is that two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total set at 52-and-a-half currently, depending on where you look. Uh, so that projected score is about 28-25 uh, based on the spread and the total that Vegas is putting out for Penn State and Utah. This is Locked On Nittany Lions, and that's my Christmas wish list here for Penn State football. Uh, when I return, we're going to talk about Utah's depth chart. Uh, Penn State's not going to put one out. That's fine. We all kind of know that. But Utah did, and these are the changes that you need to expect. It's next on Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember drive high, get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. 
Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on my Christmas episode, I guess, my holiday episode, whatever we want to call it uh, here, as we, we talked about the wish list. And, and in the comments, please please help me out here. Comment something you wish that Penn State football would do uh, if that's go undefeated in 2023, if that's uh, turn Drew Aller into a Heisman candidate, whatever, your your wish list for Penn State football I, I, and James Franklin. I'd love to see Santa James. I'd love to see it in the comments section. Utah's released its official depth chart for the Rose Bowl. Now, it's been out for a few days. Uh, this has been in the news. Coach Whittingham has released the depth chart, but uh, I think it's important to analyze the, the Utah base seems pretty confident in it, as they should. I mean, they've only lost three starters, but those are three key players between Kincaid, Thomas, and Phillips. We're going to talk about those changes. Now, uh, just overall, this is going to be a little more uh, a little more overall view, as they are strong at some positions, but they are weaker at others. Uh, they're, they're good, but not as good, right? Thomas Gasman is set to start at tight end with Dalton Kincaid out. I don't think that was a secret. Uh, as far as Clark Phillips the third who's going to be replacing him. That is Samaya Vaughn. He's going to start at the right side cornerback for Utah. And then Tavion Thomas opted out after the Pac-12 championship or before the Pac-12 championship. So Micah Bernard is listed as the starter, but Jaquindon Jackson gets a lot of run in the backfield. They split duties. Micah Bernard's a little more of the receiving back in this Utah offense. Uh, so the best group that I would say that Utah has to offer is the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be one of the best units that Penn State faces, so it's nice to see that all the Penn State players besides Joey Porter Jr. and Parker Washington are going to be available. Like I'm talking defensively. Nick Tarburton could have opted out, Curtis Jacobs, Adisa Isaac, any of those guys that, are that could potentially move on to the NFL are going to play in this game. Other than Joey Porter Jr., Parker Washington's hurt. You have the whole gang. The band is together for this, right? But the offensive line... Best unit Penn State might face, uh, and they one of them because Michigan was really good. We know that they won the award for top offensive line. But if you if you look at the stats, they only allowed eight sacks of Cam Rising, and they played thirteen games. That's less than a sack per game. So, and Cam Rising's a little mobile. He's got a little pocket mobility, but the offensive line deserves the recognition for that. Very experienced group. Uh, they also allow Rising to go through his project progressions, which is why he's so efficient. He has a mid-60s completion percentage, and they open up the running lanes for whether it was Thomas once upon a time, but now it's Jackson and Bernard. Uh, Rising does struggle under pressure, so I, watch that tape against Oregon, the 20-17 to 17 game against Oregon, and, and see, because Rising had a bunch of turnovers when there was pressure in his face because when that luxury breaks down, uh, so does Cam Rising. So if the offensive line's not having a good game, that's going to be probably a key when I have that episode put together of a full preview of Penn State versus Utah. One of those keys is going to be the offensive Penn State defensive line matchup there. It is going to be a tough test. Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Nick Tarburton, and the rest of them will have their hands full. The tackles for Utah, Daniels and LaMea, are combined, they have combined for 73 starts. 73 starts, if you can believe that. So that's why the defensive ends may have the toughest time. The interior, 
should be a better matchup for Mustafer and Beeman, whoever else they cycle in, Elise. Uh, but out on the outside, defensive ends are going to be busy. Running backs, I think, will be fine for Utah without Tavion Thomas because, as we saw, uh, Jackson and Bernard are very capable. Thomas did not play in that Pac-12 game to focus on the draft, and they still saw success with Jackson and Bernard, but let's let's not pump any egos here. That was USC's defense. USC's defense cannot tackle. They are pretty soft. You, you, had, to, you had to outscore them. That was their game this year, and that's what Utah did. Penn State's defense, pass defense, uh, has the edge over Utah's pass catchers. Dalton Kincaid's out, and he was the number one receiver, number one target, even though he was the tight end. But I say no Joey Porter Jr., no problem. You still have Kalen King. You still have Johnny Dixon, Marquise Wilson. Uh, Yasmin will definitely be a tough matchup, but he's not the same as Dalton Kincaid. Logan Kendall's going to be that other tight end. Utah really relies on its tight ends. Uh, so they're going to go two tight end sets a lot. But Logan Kendall's more of the run blocker. He might sneak out for a pass or two, but that's not something where Penn State's going to need to game plan for. Uh, Devon Vele is supposed to be that number one wide receiver. And will he be 100%? He was listed on the depth chart for Utah, but he didn't play in the Pac-12 championship. So is he going to be okay? Is he going to be a threat against Penn State? Kalen King will most likely shadow him for a majority of the game. And as I said, they rely heavily on these tight ends. So that's why I say the cornerbacks are going to be better suited for Penn State in this game against the Utah wide receivers, especially if Vele isn't, isn't himself, simply put. Now let's flip that over. Penn State's wide receivers, do they have the, the advantage against Utah's secondary with Clark Phillips the third out? No, they do not. Uh, Parker Washington is a, is a big reason for this. You know, he's not available. So, and I, and I brought that up, Penn state's wide receivers aren't able to expand the field one vertically and horror. I know that these are the only two directions here, but vertically and horizontally, uh, it, the bubble screens, you don't see as many deep down field throws because Parker Washington forced safeties to come up over the middle. He forced that attention in the slot and that's gone away. Now, I'm also expecting a lot of run-first mentality for Penn State, and why not? When you have Olu Fashionu back, when you're expecting to have Caden Wallace back, when you have all three tight ends healthy, you have all that extra blocking. The, the absence of Parker Washington has really changed the dynamic of Penn State's offense, and that's, that, that is how good it was. Even though the stats didn't show it, Parker Washington uh, makes the offense a hell of a lot better. And Clark's, Clark Phillips is a stud. Utah will miss him. But watch the tape on Zamaya Vaughn. Zamaya Vaughn can hold his own. The only reason he wasn't starting is because Clark Phillips was there. Vaughn could start in a lot of other defenses. He has the experience. He's played in a bunch of games, even though he hasn't started as much. And he has great size at six foot two. He's a big frame kind of cornerback, and he's performed well when they've asked him to. Uh, the last part of the depth chart that stood out to me for Utah, and I cycle a lot of guys in the rotation similar to Penn State, that is the Utah defensive line. I believe that they're going to be vulnerable in this game, especially with Penn State's offensive line being at full strength. And they've been missing him for a while, but Van Fillinger, if he was in this game, he's been listed off the depth chart. He He's out for the season here. But he would have made a huge difference for this Utah defense. I think Penn State can win that battle up front against the first four. Utah rotates a lot of guys, and the starters are actually pretty inexperienced. They have a bunch of capable guys, but 
it, it's more about quantity for Utah as opposed to quality in this case. Uh, don't let the Pac-12 championship fool you because they did register a lot of sacks against Utah. They did. I'll, I'll give them credit where credit's due. But USC's offensive line was probably one of the worst in the country. They were just awful. USC's offensive line was garbage, and they lost their best remaining offensive lineman, and that was the center in the middle of that game. So Utah feasted for a reason. It is locked on Nittany Lions. Uh, he didn't sign. We're going to talk about Conrad Hussey. He ended up flipping his commitment to Florida State before the early signing period was over. I'm going to talk about how that affects the class of 2023 for Penn State next. Final segment of this Locked on Nittany Lions episode, and it's going to be centered around Conrad Hussey's decision to flip from Penn State to Florida State. So we, we know the story here. Uh, losing Conrad Hussey is big uh, for Penn State. Like, this is a big deal. He commits to Florida State over Penn State and Miami of Florida. Miami was only involved because they got a lot of money to throw around, whatever. So be it. Uh, Florida State makes a lot of sense for Conrad since he's from that area. Um, he's from Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, uh, and he stays in, in state. This was one of Penn state's most important targets, which is why it was a big deal. They miss out uh, on Hussey after he was verbally committed since April four star. He was a consensus top 15 safety, uh, reports say that he was really torn. If you, you talk to people, uh, coaches or anybody else that was involved in this whole recruiting process is that. He was going to sign with Florida State. He had flipped his commitment, and he was ready to submit his letter, uh, his national letter of intent to Florida State. But then he held off again to mull it over for another 24 hours and then ultimately made the decision this past Thursday, December 22nd, after the first day of the signing period. And with that being said, it makes sense. Florida State was the home school. Uh, Penn State, I think, was the best fit, which is why it's an even bigger deal, but it just, I guess, was too far away, and there might have been an NIL deal involved. So be it. But I think that would distance had a lot to do with it, and we know that Miami was involved here too with the with its final pitch for recruiting. Now, the impact of 2023, because like I said, even though Penn State does have five other defensive backs, and I've made that clear even with Conrad Hussey being a little 50-50 here in some other videos, go check those ones out. But uh, Penn State has versatile defensive backs in this group, but in Conrad Hussey was one that they were really excited about uh, because he was highly rated because of his ball skills. He's got great vision for the field, but this is a big miss. It, it is. And it, it really doesn't impact the, the overall spot of Penn State's class since he wasn't actually signed. They're still in that 12 to 14 range, depending on where you look at the uh, Penn's at the class rankings for the for National Signing Day. The bottom line is this class is really built around the the offensive line, the commits that they got in Williams, Birchmeyer, and Donko. Uh, linebacker got significantly better with Tony Rojas and Tamir Robinson and KV on Keys, and that's so many Keys wasn't a part of this class, for example. So you lose one, you gain one. It, it kind of it, it's a little give and take here. Those positions were weaker two seasons ago, and look at how Penn State has built them up in the process and. The rich got richer at defensive back. You have Kalen King coming back. You have Johnny Dixon. Uh, you have Zach Hugh Wheatley, Jalen Reed in the fold. Uh, Keaton Ellis is still going to be there. So your, your secondary is already very strong. And the fact that you get these guys who I think are ready to go, guys like Elliot Washington and King Mack, who's also from St. Thomas Aquinas High School. So yeah, King, 
you, you just missed him. I, I He's your brother, so I know you respect his decision. But, ah, you, you missed out on bringing him to Penn State, bringing him to Happy Valley with you. So, Conrad Hussey, that is anyway. But uh, the secondary is going to be really strong as it was, and that's that pitch. You have Coach Poindexter, you have Coach Terry Smith, and they've really developed these secondary guys over the years and sent them to the NFL. The tape's all there. The resumes are all there. And that's why they are just continuing to get stronger at that position. This has been another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas for myself and everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for the support on this YouTube channel. Wherever you get your podcast, we've seen the listenership and the support grow. What in Anything that you want to see in these episodes, please comment them down below. Any feedback, anything you'd like me to add to the episode, certain segments or certain topics you'd like to be discussed, a little more, a little less, whatever that is. I, I just really, what I'm thankful for this holiday season is all the support that you have brought to this Locked On Nittany Lions channel. Have a safe and joyful holiday season with your friends and family, and I'll talk to you next time here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions, your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.